I just realised I was about to start recording this thing without a beverage. Oh, no. <laughs> so I had to go grab one. What are you drinking? Uh, just got a couple of nice beers this evening. Taking it easy after a hard day of work. Exactly. <laughs> Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome to the Book of Boredom podcast with myself, Brother Paul, and with me, as always, my eternal concubine, <laughs> Sister Patience. How are you doing there, sister? Ah, pretty good, thanks, Paul. How's your yeah. week been? I've had a pretty productive week, actually. I've uh, had a few wins, so I'm feeling pretty good. Cool. I think we're winning tonight just by reading the Book of Mormon. Absolutely. We're going to have such a spiritual experience. There's going to be uh, burning of bosoms and <laughs> uplifting all around. Actually, are you familiar with that phrase, by the way? Burning of bosoms? Yeah. No. <laughs> One of the descriptions Mormonism uses for when you have a spiritual experience is a burning in the bosom. Oh. It comes up in the book. They're like, when you sit down and pray about it, Right. Uh, the Lord will give you a burning in your bosom to confirm that it's true. Oh. Maybe my boobs were always too small, but I never felt a burning. No. In fact, people out there who have bosoms, yes. if you feel burning, I recommend seeing your doctor because it doesn't sound quite right. Yeah, i got to say mine have never burnt. Um, no? Huh? They've itched, but uh, they've never burnt. Yeah, it's probably cream for that or something. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um. A little bit of housekeeping before we get into this. Um, I spoke last week about the so-called translation process that uh, Joseph Smith went through with the gold plates. Oh, yes. Uh, we really should use air quotes when we say translation, shouldn't we? See, I'm doing it with my hands, but we're a fucking audio podcast. And nobody <laughs> can see it, but yes. Air quotes. As we said, the official Mormon version was he had the Urim and Thummim strapped to his chest and was <laughs> dictating from the plates. The pictures always have him and his scribe at like opposite sides of a table with a curtain in between them so they can't see it and that's how it went. But as we discussed last week, according to his scribes, he never actually had the plates but was looking inside a hat which had his magic seer stones in them. I'm a bit confused by that because it's like we've got two stories of what happened. Oh, there's more than two, but yeah. Oh. There's the official Mormon version and then there's the version of those who were around at the time. <laughs> so yeah. They backtracked on it a little bit actually a year or two ago when they released pictures of the so-called seer stone, which is basically just a brown rock. Huh. Uh, yes. So they do have the seer stone, do they? That's one thing they do have, yes, is the old stones that Joseph had. And as we point out, even before he came up with the Book of Mormon story, he was using those stones to hunt for buried treasure and, you know, he said that they could do lots of funky things. Huh. So, yeah, it sort of predates that. Everyone involved with the translation process will kind of say that he never actually had the plates. He was always just looking in the hat reading from the stones, okay? Oh. But I was reminded of something else this week which I'd forgotten about. A friend pointed this out. So the majority of the time his scribes were either his wife, Emma, or his friend, Oliver Cowdery, who we spoke about last week as being one of the so-called witnesses. Right, yeah. Okay. And apparently Joseph said to both of them, if you look at the plates, you will instantly die. <laughs> so that was his way of trying to sort of glaze over the fact that they weren't there. You know, so he's like, oh, don't look over this curtain. You know, you see these plates, boom, you're gone. Right, okay, yeah. yeah. But it got me thinking, okay, because the Mormons talk a lot about how he was supposedly persecuted early on and, you know, he had to keep hiding the plates 
because people were coming to steal them and prove him wrong or whatever. He was tarred and feathered and beaten up and persecuted because he wouldn't show anyone these plates. But hang on, if he had something that could kill people just by looking at them, why the fuck would he hide them? <laughs> I mean, they've been plain sights. Somebody comes in to try to steal them, opens the blanket, boom, dead. Supernatural weapon. Yeah, like, why go through all the trouble? I mean, if it was me and I had these things and I knew that it would kill people just by looking at them, if a mob came to my door demanding to see them, I'd be like, oh, here you go, bitches. <laughs> Take the covers off. Everybody looks and dies instantly. It'd be like, I told you, you motherfuckers. Oh. You kind of walk down the street carrying the plates going, don't you make me uncover these. <laughs> don't you make me do it. So, I mean, it's almost as if they didn't actually exist and he was just making excuses. I mean... Who'd have thunk it? Why didn't they cotton on to that? Like, why wasn't it obvious? They just believed him so much. Like, oh, I, okay, I don't want to die. I've been like, look at these plates. He must have had so much charisma. Yeah, well, that is one thing, actually, that Mormons and non-Mormons from the period alike kind of say. He, he was a dynamic, charismatic man who did... Kind of, <laughs> um, dynamic. I love that word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah isn't it great? Yeah. But yeah, and con men and cult leaders often are. They come across as very confident and strong and almost regal or almost majestic. You get some people who are like that. They're just so good at speaking and putting themselves forward that they just seem to be believable. But yeah, I, I kind of had pictures when I heard that. You know, if anybody's seen Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, when they open the ark at the end and everybody's face melts, uh, apparently the gold plates had the same power. Oh, of course we'll never know, but... Uh... No, no, of course not, because Maroon and I took them back to heaven after they were done with them. Oh, that fucker. I know, I know. So that, that was something else I was minded of this week, so I thought I'd mention it in light of, you know, we talked about last week of the different accounts and the official Mormon version. Yeah, and that was something I, I just thought was hilarious. You have this thing that will kill people on site, so better hide it, because, you know, we don't want them to find it or anything. Don't look at it! I think now, whenever I think of Joseph Smith, I'm going to try and think of a character like Tony Robbins or someone who's just really... Yeah, Tony Robbins. <laughs> don't get me started on, on, on that guy. But, um, yeah, it, there's just people that are like that. They just, for some reason, come across as charismatic and forthright, and people are like, I want to do whatever that person says. They seem very confident. Oh, dear. But anyway, we got through the intros and the backstory last week, didn't we? So it's time to actually read this goddamn thing, isn't it? Yeah, there's just a summation before the chapter. Yeah, they do that in every book, you get used to it. Which I thought was very good, to be honest. I mean, it was so nice of them to think about what they were going to say before they said it. But also the thing that baffles my mind here is just a reminder of everybody, according to the mythology, they weren't writing this on paper. They were chiseling this into gold and plates. Gold is a pretty solid material. So they would have been sitting there going, tink, 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 tink. And it's not shorthand. It's very, uh, as we noticed last week, it's very long sentences with very little grammar. So, yeah, they took the time to tell us what they were going to tell us before they actually told us, which I thought was very nice of them. I mean, it would have taken for fucking ever to chisel these things away. I mean, and they must have ended up with, like, just massive forearms on whatever hand they write with by the end of it, just from ching, 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 ching. I mean, that, that would look like someone who's been locked up watching porno for a week, you know, just the muscles <laughs> all kind of bulging and, Argh! you don't want to arm wrestle any of them. Hulking out to God. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's just kind of strange, too, because at that time period that these plates are said to have been written down, long-form prose like this was all being written on 
papyrus and scrolls and stuff, wasn't it? Exactly, yeah. Well, the biblical stuff was supposedly written on scrolls. And, yeah, we have things like, you know, the Dead Sea Scrolls and stuff now are around thousands of years mm. later. But these guys decided they had to chisel longhand into golden plates. And I applaud them. Well done for making sure your record would be preserved so that absolutely nobody would ever see it. <laughs> and also for making it obvious that it's such a fake by doing that. Yeah, 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 probably. But how are you feeling? You ready to get in and read this thing? Oh, yeah, let's go for it. Uh, I'm cracking a beer this evening, so uh, let's be good. I'm getting lubricated. Let's read this thing. Is it a special beer that you're drinking? I, actually, I tripped myself this week. Oh. So, you know, you know, not, not to brag, I had a couple of financial wins recently and I was feeling rather good about myself, mm. so I thought I'll get the top shelf beer, not the cheap oh, well beer. Done. And uh, And save it specifically for this podcast. So, yes. <laughs> and once again, listeners, we are open to sponsorship and we can be bought. Absolutely. Yeah, so if you are someone who provides or has a company that uh, supplies alcoholic beverages, I am more than happy to plug them on this show as much as possible and drink them for a nominal cost. Something's got to help this book go down. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, lay it on me. The first book of Nephi, His Reign and Ministry, One Nephi. An account of Lehi and his wife Sariah and his four sons. Being called, beginning at the eldest, Laman, Lemuel, Sam, and Nephi. Oh, that's right. We spoke about Nephi last week. Nephi. Or Nephi. I'm going to call him Nephi. Nephi works. Nephi works. Now, I also want to take note. You see there we have Sariah, the wife of Lehi, the father of these boys. Okay. I want to count down. Okay. I wish I had a little gong or something. (laughs) But let's see how long it takes before another woman is mentioned by name in this book. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Is that like a Mormon version of the Bechdel test? Yeah, well, they would fail the Bechdel test uh, pretty dramatically, but yes. <laughs> I mean, the Bible doesn't have many actual women names mentioned, but they have a few more. But yeah, let's see how long it takes now before we get another woman mentioned by name, not just the wife of so-and-so. Let's see how long it takes, how many episodes before we can bang that gong. Hey, does Sam have a story? He has such a plain name in comparison to all the others. I know, I know. I mean, he was ripped off in the name stakes. You got Layman, Lemuel, Nephi. Clearly when it came to Sam, Joseph Smith was running out of ideas and he's like, fuck it, Sam's a name. But Sam luckily got his own back later on when he helped Frodo to take the ring to Mordor. (laughs) So Sam has his own story and, you know, it's far more realistic. Not like you did with Frodo, I mean, yeah. Remember from last week, wasn't Samuel Joseph Smith's brother? Yes, he did have a brother called Samuel, yes. I wonder if he was kind of stealing from his own family bit there. He just sort of ran out of things to say. Yeah, possibly, possibly. I mean, I don't know where he got some of these names from, but, you know, he, he pulled them out of a hat. Anyway, we take forever to read a couple of sentences. So we do, going. don't we? Sorry yeah. about that. Uh, the Lord warns Lehi to depart out of the land of Jerusalem because he prophesieth unto the people concerning their iniquity, and they seek to destroy his life. See, why would they say prophesieth? Why did they say prophesied? I mean, who the fuck says prophesieth? Yeah, it's so strange. Like, that doesn't even sound ye oldie. No, but it comes up a lot, okay? Eeth or Ieth seems to be a common phrase throughout this whole thing. Uh, clearly, we've been Englishing wrong. <laughs> so from now on, we need to speak in this style of Englishes. I wonder if Joseph Smith enjoyed Shakespeare. 
No, I don't think he could understand that sort of stuff. It's too wordy. <laughs> I don't know. I think he's pretty verbose, especially if he's chiseling stuff. Well, Joseph Smith didn't chisel it, so, but you know, he just read it out of the rocks. That's right. It wasn't him that chiseled it, was it? Yeah. No. Yeah, it was, it was Nephi with the freakishly big right hand. And his brother Sam. Yeah. So he taketh three days' journey into the wilderness with his family. Nephi taketh his brethren and returneth to the land of Jerusalem after the record of the Jews. The account of their sufferings, they take the daughters of Ishmael to wife. We'll get into that. I'm not sure how they took them exactly, but, you know. Well, I hope it was consensual when they took them. Consensual-esque. Oh, consensual-esque. Yeah, some waters consensual That just sounds like not consensual. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Just, yeah. Hey, it was oh, another case dear. of the Lord told them to, so, you know. Oh, right, right, you, you right. You know how it goes? That old chestnut. Yeah, yeah. Hey, babe, God says that uh, you and me got to, you know. Right, 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 right. So it's kind of yeah. convincing you by method of God. Now, isn't it interesting as well that talked about how Lehi tried to preach to the people about how he was good and they were bad and they are going to hell? <laughs> And for some reason, people didn't like hearing that. No, no. Oh, how bizarre. I mean, we all know that if some crazy old dude in a dress and a beard stood before us and said, hey, you're all going to hell, <laughs> I'd believe him, would you? No, no, huh. I don't think I would. Okay, okay, you surprised me. I, I, I thought you were more obedient than that. Well, when I was young, I might yeah, have. I did yeah. go to church. Okay. But it seems to be a recurring theme throughout all of the uh, scriptures, doesn't it? It's yeah. crazy old man tells people that they're going to hell. People try to kill him, so he runs away. It just sounds like our modern wars and our modern politics, and it just seems like humans are doing the same shit on repeat. Yeah, we're stuck in the infinite loop. Ah, get out of it! Anyway, where were we? All right, so they take their families and depart into the wilderness, their sufferings and afflictions in the wilderness the course of their travels. They come to the large waters. Nephi's brethren rebel against him. He confoundeth them and buildeth a ship. They call the name of the place Bountiful. They cross the large waters into the promised land and so forth. This is according to the account of Nephi. Or in other words, I, Nephi, wrote this record. See, again, he's repeating himself. And, you know, there's only so much space to chisel on the gold plate. <sighs> You would be so much more concise if you had, you know, metal to chisel. It's longhand. He's repeating himself. I mean, this must have taken for fucking ever. Oh, poor Nephi. All right. Okay, so we're up to chapter one. So come on. All right. So I, Nephi, having been born of goodly parents and... Oh, see, see, see I like that. I like that. That's a nice start. I think <laughs> I'll give them that. Yeah. They could have been once upon a time, but instead they wanted to point out Nephi had good parents. Oh, he, he came from a happy family. So happy. Yeah, we're off to a warm, fuzzy start to begin with. <laughs> His goodly parents didn't have, you know, friendly friends, though, apparently. No, no, like they were goodly parents, but, you know, really bad at networking with other people, apparently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Therefore, I was taught somewhat in all the learning of my father, and having seen many afflictions in the course of my days, nevertheless, having been highly favoured of the Lord in all my days, yea, having a great knowledge of the goodness and the mysteries of God. Therefore, I make a record of my proceedings in my days. This is something that always bothers me with this stuff. Mm. These people who say that they are favoured of the Lord. 
Isn't he meant to love all of his children equally? Yeah, you've got to watch out for people that think they're favoured. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, everyone likes to think that they're special, you know. They're God's favourite child. They're the ones that get their picture hung on the fridge, not their little sister. <laughs> you know, they all want to think they're special. Did your parents have a favourite kid? Uh, definitely wasn't me. I don't know <laughs> Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Paul. That uh, that must be a great source of pain for you. So you were an only child, so you were both the favourite and and the worst at the same time. Yeah, so, so, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yes, you could put it that way. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's keep going. There's a, there's a verse two here. Yay, I make a record in the language of my father, which consists of the learning of the Jews and the language of the Egyptians. See what? So his... Father had the language of being... So he was Jewish and he also knew the language of the Egyptians. So he was a Jewish Egyptian. But then which fucking language are they talking in and writing in? That's two ah. different languages. Ah. <laughs> That's the reformed Egyptian that Joseph Smith was talking about. It was a mixture of Hebrew and Egyptian. Jesus Christ, those languages are so fucking different. What would that even look like? I don't know, I don't know. And, and you'd think that, you know, somebody else would have stumbled across this reformed Egyptian at some point. <laughs> oh, God. Apparently only one family used it. Isn't the only way we know anything about how the Egyptian language works through the Rosetta Stone? Oh, they wrote shit down lots of places, I think. But none of them used gold plates, I can tell you that. Even the Rosetta Stone was a stone. Yeah. And I know that the record which I make is true, and I make it with mine own hand, and I make it according to my knowledge. Okay. Still chinking away. Long sentences kick on. I hope he's collecting the dust that he's chiseling away. His wife must have been so pissed off at the state of his clothing at the end of this. <laughs> he just cannot clean gold dust out of these robes. <laughs> For it came to pass in the commencement of the first year of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, my father Lehi, having dwelt at Jerusalem in all his days, and in that same year there came many prophets prophesying unto the people that they must repent, or the great city Jerusalem must be destroyed. God back then was kind of smiting. He liked to wipe out cities that didn't do what he wanted to, so okay. I think he's never not been smitey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he's chilled out in the last couple of thousand years. We, we don't hear from him much anymore. Yeah, back then he was all like, kill, smite, destroy. <laughs> now he's like, ah, fuck it, you guys sort your own shit out. <laughs> and uh, that's the way it should be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's classic parenting. I know you're not a parent yourself. I've got a couple of kids. Your first kid, you're always the most cautious with. You're always the hardest on. You don't want them to kind of mess around. That was like God in the Old Testament. You know, it was like, hey, you guys are fucking up here. Don't make me intervene. But by the time you have your last kid and you're a bit older, it's like, ah, oh, whatever. Just don't kill yourself. You're good. <laughs> and that's pretty much what God's done for the first few thousand years. He was like helicopter parent. No, he's like, yeah, you know what, I'm just going to sit back here and have a beer and just don't hurt yourselves, you'll be fine. Sounds like God's turned into you. Am I God? Oh, you might be. I think you can claim it if you'd like. It doesn't mean anything. You've never seen him and me in the same place at the same I time? I haven't, no. So, uh, hi, God. Hi. <laughs> if you're God, I think this just explains everything. Suddenly my life makes sense. All right, well, okay, I'll, I'm God. Hi, everyone. <laughs> That's a different podcast. Yeah, yeah. I recommend the God Pod for anybody listening. Anyways, let's get back into the book. Verse 5. 
Wherefore it came to pass that my father Lehi, as he went forth, prayed unto the Lord, yea, even with all his heart, in behalf of his people. And it came to pass, as he prayed unto the Lord, there came a pillar of cloud and dwelt upon a rock before him. And he saw and heard much. And because of the things which he saw and heard, he did quake and tremble exceedingly. Yeah, usually if you've got a big pillar of fire comes up in front of you, that that, that would freak you out, so I'll accept that. (laughs) Yeah, I, I think I'd be pretty scared. And it came to pass that he returned to his own house at Jerusalem, and he cast himself upon his bed. Oh, that seems like something out of a movie, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's all tired out. He's an old man, and he's just seen a big fire. Give him he a break. He comes home and throws himself on the bed like some distraught teenager, being overcome with the spirit and the things which he had seen. <laughs> and being thus overcome with the spirit... He was carried away in a vision. Even that he saw the heavens open, and he thought he saw God sitting upon his throne, surrounded with numberless concourses of angels in the attitude of singing and praising their God. That's a description of how most Christians describe heaven, isn't it? Ah, sure is. You go to heaven and you spend eternity worshipping God. What a fucking narcissist. I know, right? I just can't imagine anything more boring than that. I know. Can you imagine spending all of eternity singing really boring-ass songs and just bowing up and down to this big gold dude? (laughs) Why the fuck do they want to go here? Yeah, when I was a kid, there was this song that says, heaven is a wonderful place. But you know what? That doesn't sound wonderful. And and look at the people who are going there, you know, like the average Christian. I don't want to spend the rest of eternity with some of those people. Those people are annoying. Yeah, they're all too slippery. They're a bit like Joseph Smith. (laughs) Heaven sounds like hell. And then on the flip side, you go to hell, there's people like us. You know, it's the people who drink, the fornicators, the people who have fun. Sounds good. (laughs) I think they got this all backwards. Hell is heaven. Heaven is hell. It's all a trap. What I want to know is, what does God get out of this? I mean, wouldn't he get bored of us just endlessly bowing down to him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's the other thing. Is like, what's he? He's just going to sit there forever, just going to look over everybody and be like, yeah. <laughs> that's some nice worshipping I'm seeing there. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, getting bored now. Um, someone bringeth me Jimi Hendrix to playeth me of his music. <laughs> Bringeth forth my comedianess to make me laugheth. Where's Jerry Seinfeld? Yes, yes, yes. Bringeth forth Jerry Seinfeldeth to maketh us laugheth with his comedic timing. What's with the devil? What's with all this worshippeth? <laughs> and it came to pass that he saw one, ooh, that's one with a capital O. I guess that means ooh. that Joseph Smith is trying to relay to us that this is God. Ooh. Well, somebody important anyway, yeah. so, yeah. I'm interested to find out. Let's find out who one with a capital O is. Mm. Oh, that's right. Mormons don't believe that Jesus is God, do they? Is that right? No, no. God, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost are three separate beings. Ah, okay. They're not They're not the, the trinity as some other Christian religions believe. And that's something else I never understood. Like, of all the Christian mythology, hmm. I, I will admit that the three separate beings has always made more sense to me because if it's the one being, it's like, God sent himself (laughs) to earth to be killed, to protect everyone from himself and save us from the world that he created. 
Yeah, it's just a bit too recursive. He sends himself to be sacrificed to relieve us of the sins that he himself gave us to begin with. Yeah, it, it really doesn't make sense. And I agree with you that the three separate makes way more sense if you're going to go with anything. Plus, I mean, the dude was on the cross saying, Father, why have you forsaken me? It's like, okay, he's talking <laughs> yeah. to himself now. This is clearly psychotic. Praying to himself in the Garden of Gethsemane saying, please don't make me do this. Seriously, though, I think if he did ever exist, I think he probably was psychotic because, I mean, if he was seeing visions and stuff like that, None of that was real. Like, yeah, you know, thinking either he was God's son or he was God. I mean, yeah, that 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 is a pretty common psychological <laughs> yeah. problem. So let's see who this one is that is descending out of the midst of heaven. So, and it came to pass that he saw one descending out of the midst of heaven, and he beheld that his luster was above that of the sun at noonday. How could you be brighter than the goddamn sun? That's pretty fucking bright. I mean, that that's a lot of candle power. I mean, that shows a clear misunderstanding of science and how <laughs> light works. It's a lot of luster. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hell, if I found something now that was brighter than the sun, I'd get a Nobel Prize for it. <laughs> and he also saw 12 others following him and their brightness did exceed that of the stars in the firmament. Yeah, that's really not that bright because you look up the stars in the sky at night, yes, you can see them, but they're not exactly lighting up the earth, are Yeah, they? it just sounds like he's being flowery with his words now. He's trying to sound yeah. like the Bible. It's almost as if he doesn't understand how light and stars work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he does understand how human psychology works, though, because as mm. we've discussed, he was probably very charismatic. Mm, 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 yeah. mm, you know, Tony mm. Robbins. Poetic. Yes. Okay. Continue. And they came down and went forth upon the face of the earth. And the first came and stood before my father and gave unto him a book and bade him that he should read. Literacy is important. Everybody needs to know how to read, so that's okay. Yeah, well, they're getting a good start there. And it yeah. came to pass that as he read, he was filled with the Spirit of the Lord. Nice. I wonder what spirit God likes. Is he a whiskey man, a gin man, rum? I mean, what spirit are we talking about here? I think he's a beer person because uh, you're God and you're drinking beer. Yeah, but beer's not a spirit. Oh, see, that just goes to show how little I know about alcohol. And that also means that I mustn't be God then because I'm not drinking spirits. Aww, I thought uh -oh. I was talking to God finally in my life. Uh, what the fuck? It was, it was a good ride while it lasted. I was God for about five verses. Fuck you, God. Ah. And he read saying, whoa, whoa, unto Jerusalem, for I have seen thine abominations. Yay. And many things did my father read concerning Jerusalem, that it should be destroyed, and the inhabitants thereof, many should perish by the sword, and many should be carried away captive into Babylon. God seems to love murder and captivity. <laughs> he does seem to like that. He never at any point thinks, I'll come down and just calm everybody down a little bit, you know, like... Jerusalem's getting a bit out of hand. God comes down and says, hey, 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 guys, cool your tits, chill, <laughs> take it easy. It's like, no, Jerusalem's getting out of hand. Let's just kill them and then imprison them. Yeah, okay. I just love how at the beginning of that sentence it's got like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> two worlds. 
And it came to pass that when my father had read and seen many great and marvelous things, he did exclaim many things unto the Lord, such as, Great and marvelous are thy works, O Lord God Almighty. Thy throne is high in the heavens, and thy power and goodness and mercy are over all the inhabitants of the earth. And because thou art merciful, <laughs> really merciful? Oh my God. I was just thinking the same thing. I'm like, hang on. He just said that people were going to die and be taken captive for their sins and whatever. And the next sentence, he's saying, God is merciful and kind. This guy's awesome. What fucking planet is he on? I mean, he would know of the story of the flood. That's where God killed everyone on the planet except for three people. Oh, four people, I think. Yeah. Oh, and their wives. How is it merciful to have people killed off because they don't believe in you and just protect those that do? I mean, that's the opposite of mercy. Yeah, I think that um, religions tend to instill holding two opposite things in the mind at once. That often can drive people mad. I'm constantly reminded of that line from The Princess Bride, you know, you keep using that word. I don't think that word means what you think it means. (laughs) I don't remember that bit. I think yeah, I've only yeah. seen that movie once. Oh, you're going to have to see it again, okay? Because it's like way cooler than this thing. Yes. Thou wilt not suffer those who come unto thee that they shall perish. Oh my God, that's a pretty confusing way to end the sentence. If he didn't kill the people that don't believe in him and just said to them, hey, cool your tits, be cool. <laughs> Those people might then believe in him and nobody has to be smoking. We should do our own translation of this with lots of cool your tits and... Uh... Well, I'll tell you what, from here on in, okay, here's our second challenge. We'll do the challenge for the next time a, a female is mentioned. <laughs> from now on, whenever we see the words, whoa, whoa, we'll say cool your tits. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> and after this manner was the language of my father in the praising of his God. For his soul did rejoice and his whole heart was filled because of the things which he had seen, yea, which the Lord had shown unto him. Okay, okay, so basically Lehi is happy mm-hmm. that, that he's going to live while everybody else dies. It's actually really, really disturbing. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Mm. yeah, kind of narcissistic, kind of. Sadistic, sadistic. That's the word yeah. I thought <laughs> Very sadistic, yes, yes. I'm happy that I'm living a good life and all you motherfuckers are having trouble. <laughs> well, fuck you, Lehi. Yeah. Lehi to a grasshopper. Yeah. God loves me more. Na, 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 na. <laughs> and now I, Nephi, do make a full account of the things which my father hath written, for he hath written many things which he saw in visions and in dreams. You mean he saw a lot of things while he was stoned? Oh, it seems to think earlier on it says that he was awake and he saw a pillar of fire and that told him shit. Now he's just seeing it in dreams. Oh, my God. I mean, again, that is, that's psychosis. That's not something that people should admire. This man is clearly having delusions and psychoses. Do you reckon he was on some mushrooms or something or was it just... Oh, I, I don't know what sort of drugs were available around that time. I mean, I'm sure they had something. <laughs> and it says he was old when all this happened. See, we don't know what he was like when he was younger. No. Like, this whole story is when Lehi's, you know, he's always depicted as being an old man with a long white beard. He's just having dementia. <laughs> you know? 
That's all. That's all it is. You speak to someone who's getting old, their mind starts to go. They tell you all this crazy stuff. My pop, before he died one time, told me about how he uh, fought in the air force in World War One, shut down some Hun fighters. He was never in World War One. Oh my God! Yeah, that's that's how dementia works. Hey, that reminds me of that recent story of that old ex-Israeli politician or general. yeah, general or something. He said that we've been in contact with aliens for years oh and yes yes i know the one you're talking about that yeah. was hilarious it's like dude you're so old right now that no one's believing yeah, yeah yeah just, just go and put on your cardigan have a nice cup of cocoa and just go and watch sky news for a little while you know Verse 16. Uh, right. And now I, Nephi, do not make a full account of the things which my father hath written, for he hath written many things which he saw in visions and in dreams, and he also hath written many things which he prophesied and spake unto his children, of which I shall not make a full account, but I shall make an account of my proceedings in my days. Behold, I make an abridgment of the record of my father upon plates which I have made with mine own hands. Wherefore, (laughs) after I have abridged the record of my father, then will I make an account of my own life. Okay, so again, taking forever to say simple things. (sighs) He could have just said, I'm not going to tell you everything my father said, I'm just going to tell you some of it. And then the rest is all going to be mine. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Takes a lot less space on the plates, you know? So why aren't we hearing an account of his father directly? Like, if you were going to write the story of a people like Joseph Smith did. Ah, see, this is an interesting story. And it gets us into the Mormon history. So apparently, according to the folklore, the Book of Lehi was actually first, okay? Oh. And Joseph Smith translated that first. And it was about 200-odd pages. I can't remember the exact number. And then the wife of Martin Harris, who was one of the witnesses who was giving lots of money to Joseph Smith to print this book, she was a little sceptical. She was like, I'm not quite sure about this, dude. (laughs) And so Martin Harris kept pleading to Joseph to let them see some of the plates or some of the writing so that he could put her mind at ease and whatever. And so Joseph eventually consented and gave her a couple of pages and also like a scribbling of the plates, just showing some of the symbols. Okay. And then she took those to an Egyptologist or like a historian at the time to show to. And then mysteriously those pages went missing. Do we have the report from the Egyptologist or whoever it was? Well, the official Mormon story is that he saw them and said, that is what it says. But then when he asked, what's this from? Because he said, bring me more of these things and I'll translate it more. The official Mormon story is they said that what it was and what Joseph Smith was doing. And then he ripped the pages up and said, nope, not doing it. Hmm. But I think the more accurate story is they took it to him and he said, what's this bullshit? <laughs> yeah. Does he have a name? Like, uh, I'm not sure. It's probably in there somewhere. I, I, I couldn't be asked looking it up. But yeah. Um, there was somebody who some of these supposed translations were taken to, right. and he pretty much said, no, that's not what it says, bring it to me and you know, we'll check it out, and then worried that people would realise it was all bullshit, those pages suddenly disappeared. <laughs> so just started over, which is why in Nephi he's kind of doing the recap. 
because he's like, oh, shit, I had this really good story, but now I can't tell it because that dude can prove that it's not what I say it is. So he's starting over again. And he's even giving himself a way out that he's not going to say it exactly the same way. It's going to be an abridgment, so... Exactly! Oh, my exactly. God. That's, it's so obviously a forgery. Why were people so into this, Paul? Like, I don't get it. See, Mormons take that story as a, a way of showing that Joseph Smith was true because this other person wanted to try to disprove him and couldn't. Yeah, which is why those pages were taken, you know, because the Lord was like, if people now will try to disprove the book because of what this guy says, so we have to get rid of it. That's just so illogical. Yeah. And Joseph claimed that he got in trouble. God did give him big smacks over this and said he should have listened to him. Power to translate was taken away from him for a short time. Oh, okay. So probably the same period he kind of rethought the strategy and what he was going to write, maybe, you know. (laughs) Rethought his story a bit so that he wouldn't get big smacks next time. Exactly, exactly. All right, where did I get up to? Jesus. Therefore, I would that ye should know that after the Lord had shown so many marvellous things unto my father, Lehi, yea, concerning the destruction of Jerusalem, behold, he went forth among the people, and began to prophesy and to declare unto them concerning the things which he had both seen and heard. And it came to pass that the Jews did mock him because of the things which he testified of them, for he truly testified of their wickedness and their abominations. And he testified that the things which he saw and heard, and also the things which he read in the book, manifested plainly of the coming of the Messiah, and also their adaption of the world. In other words, old man yells at cloud. People up. That seemed to happen a lot in the Old Testament as well, or the Tanakh, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, 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 there's a lot of it. You know, old men saying, hey, you're sinning, you're being bad, God's <laughs> going to punish you, and other people saying, hey, you have dementia, go and have a lie down. Old guys do get riled up, hey. Yeah, <laughs> and notice how many of the prophets were like old dudes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> people didn't live as long back then as well, but they clearly had degenerative minds, brain diseases. Yeah. <laughs> there seems to be a lot of old crusty guys in government and stuff as well. I know, I know. This is how far back this shit goes. (laughs) Come on, we're on the home stretch. Yes, all right. They were angry with him, yea, even as with the prophets of old, whom they had cast out and stoned and slain. I think this guy might be stoned. And they also sought his life, that they might take it away. Yes, that's usually why you seek someone's life. But behold, I, Nephi, will show unto you that the tender mercies of the Lord... So tender. Mm, I always thought God would be a bit more dominant. You didn't strike me as a tender type of person, you know, more of a dominatrix-style scenario. God warrior princess. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I don't think he was soft and central. I, I think he's quite hard and kinky, quite frankly. Well, clearly, he's very bent out of shape. Yeah. Um, tender mercies of the Lord are over all those who he hath chosen because of their faith to make them mighty even under the power of deliverance. And that's the end of the chapter. And I've got to ask, without getting too personal, okay, mm-hmm. you know, are, are your bosoms burning yet? My bosoms are not burning right now and they're not itchy either. Okay. Um, they're sitting a little low because I'm currently braless. Oh, there you go. Okay, so so yeah. the cream is working. They're not itchy. That's great. Okay. <laughs> Don't wear any cream. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, okay, yeah. Whatever works to keep them soft and perky. But if it 
if at any point while reading this thing you get that burning in your bosom, make sure you tell us about it because it'll obviously be a big, big moment. You know, oh, you, right. you may even see the front of your clothing start to like brighten up. Right. It could be God talking to me through my breasts. I've got to say, you know, if God really wants to reach people, then doing it through boobs is definitely the way to go. You know, maybe Pornhub is God's way of reaching out to us. I think you may be right. I think I've just had an epiphany. Holy fuck, you are a prophet. Oh, I'm a prophetess. All right. And on that note, let's end this week, everybody. Go watch Pornhub until we talk next week. (laughs) And look out for magic burning bosoms. All right, sister patients, thank you as always. See you later, brother.